This is Financial Standard, the definitive source of news, thought leadership and analysis for Australian wealth management professionals. Financial Standard. Take the lead. I'm Cassandra Baldini. This is the Financial Standard podcast. Thank you for joining us. Earlier this week, the Minister for Financial Services, Stephen Jones, provided a long-awaited update on the quality of advice review. The government announced 14 out of 22 recommendations made by QAR Review Chair Michelle Levy have been accepted, including giving super funds a larger role in making financial advice more affordable. With me today to discuss this is ASPA Deputy Chief Executive Glenn McRae. Glenn, thank you so much for jumping on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. So what are the main highlights regarding super funds that everyone should be across? And are you broadly happy with the outcome in terms of how it relates to super? Yes, I think it is fair to say ASFA is broadly happy. uh, And there are a couple of really key aspects that's worth calling out. One is there's a concerted effort to reduce red tape when it comes to the cost of advice. Uh, Many uh, of your listeners will know that uh, there's a statement of advice requirements and what the minister has committed to is reducing those and making them more consumer friendly. So rather than having a statement of advice that's effectively a legal type document, turning it into something that's shorter and more focused on consumers. So there's some real good news there along with some other initiatives that will reduce red tape. So that's great. Then probably the other key element here is about retirement. We know that the Retirement Income Covenant is a is a trustee requirement, came in a year ago, but it's missing a key piece, and that piece is about to get advice. What the minister has said when it comes to intra-fund advice, and that is advice that is typically for more simplistic issues, an expansion of that, an expansion. So if you ring up, Uh, and you want to know what's your best option in terms of retirement, you can provide information in terms of your spouse. You can provide information in terms of uh, whether you have other super accounts. And with the change to intrafund advice, someone can give you a better picture of what your retirement may look like. So that's a more cost-effective way of enabling people to access advice rather than going through the full-service personal advice. We know up to 5 million people are are broaching retirement. So any way to make it simpler for those individuals to get simple advice that can lead to better outcomes is a real positive. While most super funds already do, the government has said that all will need to provide intrafund advice offering in the next few years. Do you see any hindrances to this or any reasons why funds won't be able to make that deadline? Yeah, look, a number of funds already have very well-established intra-fund advice offerings, and they are very effective in helping their members. Uh, There is, of course, going to be a bit of a change there for some funds as they change their offerings to target more intra-fund advice, but uh, often funds have uh, relationships with advisors or other third parties that can supply those services. So with an appropriate transition period and some clear guidelines on what intra-fund advice will include, I think uh, funds are going to be in a really good place to provide better service to consumers over the next couple of years. 
And what about the smaller funds that may not have the resources to develop a sustainable and affordable intra-fund offering? Do you think that this may lead to further industry consolidation? Look, I think the factors behind industry consolidation are many are varied, but they typically are issues about scale, uh, it's about efficiency, uh, but there's clearly still a role for small and medium players, a bit like where you go to your local corner store uh, and they're available the hours you know and they know what you need and want. And so there's clearly a role for them. And often uh, those funds can use other third uh, party providers to supplement the internal expertise they have. Often with the small and medium players, because they have a small membership base, uh, their, their senior executives can be part of that conversation and, and help uh, guide people through that process. So to me, I don't think that this change will uh, have an impact on whether a small or medium entity is going to continue. I think there are other factors. And I think small to medium players are going to be well-placed to offer a greater variety of advice services to their members in coming years. And given funds will be able to determine how to charge for advice, what input will ASPA have in setting pricing standards? Will it look to develop any guidance for its members in terms of pricing? Look, we don't play a role in terms of setting prices uh, for funds. That That is ultimately a matter for themselves. Mm-hmm. And what the minister has made it clear is he sees that funds will look at that and, and make decisions on what type of pricing arrangements they would have. We know at the moment for full advice, typically um, people can pay up to and and those services are delivered through funds. We know with intra-fund advice, typically that's charged over a much broader membership base uh, and funds will look at that. But we obviously have to check out the legislation. There may be intermediate options that funds may look at in terms of if someone accesses uh, uh, a particular service, they may pay a small fee. So these are things that funds are going to be weighing up in terms of their obligations to act in the best financial interests of their members. Okay, and and what kind of safeguards do you imagine being implemented to manage possible conflicts of interest, considering super funds will be able to provide advice in relation to retirement, while at the same time having developed their own retirement products? Yeah, look, I think it's worth noting that these reforms are not about products. They're not product-driven, they're consumer-driven. They're driven about getting better retirement outcomes for individuals and get greater flexibility in the delivery of advice. It's worth also acknowledging that the fundamental consumer protections under advice at the moment haven't changed. Those safeguards are still there. Advice needs to be in the best interest. So there is a requirement in terms of advice. And then, of course, trustees and funds have a best financial interest duty as well. Uh, And you've got some very strong regulators there who are keeping an eye on. So I think uh, at the end of the day, the safeguards haven't changed. What has changed is the flexibility to give more fit for purpose uh, guidance and advice to consumers. So to me, it's keep the protection, increase flexibility. This is a positive. Finally, have you had any particular feedback from member funds on the government's response? Yes, I think the the vast majority of funds are very supportive of it, and I think they're excited about the opportunity of providing better services uh, to their members, particularly when it comes to retirement. 
Uh, we know that at the moment about the average Australian has about $200,000 in retirement. That's going to get bigger over time. So making uh, advice available for them to make sure that they make the, the uh, really wisest decision for them and their families is so important. So I, I think as the pool gets bigger, having those conversations as people hit retirement is going to be so important. And this is a real positive step. Still more work to be done, but the announcement in terms of the government's response really gives a good starting point to work with and and really uh, lead to better outcomes at the end of the day for consumers, which is why we're all here. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for coming on and sharing those insights with us. Oh, thanks very much for having me. Thanks for listening to this Financial Standard podcast. For more information, visit financialstandard.com.au. Please keep in mind that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider personal circumstances. Reliance should not be placed on any content without further independent financial research and advice. 